This is the audio podcast, episode 146, That Cost Once. Hello, Scott Hewitt. I'm Sam Freeman. No Adam Yanch this week, but it is the audio podcast, and we are broadcasting March 24th. Wow. Okay. Um, we have news. We have plunder. We're gonna we're gonna skip the feature possibly today. We may have someone drop in on us chat. Maybe not. Hopefully next week or another time. Let's see. So what's new in the world of audio this week then? Or, or what's new in stuff that's tenuously related to audio, perhaps slightly? Perhaps slightly. Well, first of all, Ableton have released, oh, released, released a strong word, published is the word I'm looking for, have published a book, Making Music Creative Strategies for Electronic Music Producers, written by Dennis DeSantis, who is the head of documentation for Ableton. And it's, it's a book about making music on a computer, but not so much about the technicalities of making music on a computer, but more about the actually doing anything kind of don't procrastinate your way through everything approach. Yeah, mm. but this this one firm this is this is legitimate news. This is good, I think. I've um the first thing that struck me about this was the fact that it's cited as being seventy four things in this book. I thought that the choice of number there was 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 interesting. Was very cycling. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I've not, I've not read anyone else's um, response to this. It was earlier in the week that this was released, so there probably have been other things. I don't know if anyone else has been talking about that as a thing. But inside the book, um, it's it's all set out as problems and solutions. So problems are loosely defined, and well, yeah, and then it goes through the possible solutions to that. In a yeah, very insightful sort of way. I'm, I'm impressed with it as a format. Yeah. Cool. I, I like it. I thought, thought it was a cool idea as well. So there we go. It's, um, I'm, I'm in the process of writing a textbook about Ableton, so I was uh, I was momentarily uh, worried that they just removed the need for my textbook, but they haven't, so it's fine. Jolly good. Have that? Jolly good, jolly good, as they say. There you go. That's a little sneak of something that I've been working on in a top-secret way for a couple of months as well. So say, I don't even know where that's going. It's like... I know it's yeah. a top secret. That is, it's it's all about uh, Maxwell Live devices in Ableton, actually. Though, sort of stuff like that. Cool. And I, I did almost murmur to you about it last week, actually, but I, I didn't the last minute. Like, <laughs> talking about things that have been long murmured about, and we find out a little bit more about Windows 10 will be free for everybody, including pirates. Yes. Hey! So if you're running a Windows 8 or a Windows 7 machine, even if it's popping up saying this is not an official version, you will be able to get the free upgrade to Windows 10. Go, go, Microsoft. Go, Microsoft. I have a Windows 7 machine right in front of me, which has a proper license and has a sticker on it, and um, is running Ubuntu quite happily. <laughs> do, you think that's, do you think that's eligible for a Windows 10 upgrade from Ubuntu? <laughs> I from Ubuntu. Yes, I should email them. Check. Yeah, I I don't want a Windows 10 upgrade. I I yeah, you know, long live open source and all the rest of it. But there we go. Um, th that is a cool idea. Like I'm I'm actually quite glad to see them taking that sort of step because from when I put my web development hat on, there's these moments where you still kind of cry when you have to support. You you're sat there and it's like, hey, here's my really awesome website, and it works really well and it's really slick and the code's really fast. And then it's like, hmm, and now let's spend six months making it so it works with XP on an XP machine running Internet Explorer 6. And then you do that, and then it, you know. Whereas, you know, it'd be nice to buy something every update. And it is something that's changed. Let's face it, Apple have been rolling out free updates for 
regularly recently, and even when they're not free, they're very cheap updates. So the idea that you could expect people to drop a you know a couple of hundred pounds three times you know three times a decade for an update is you know it's dead. It's long gone, and it's good that Microsoft have kind of moved away from that sort of model as well because you know I'm sure ten won't be as bad as seven or eight, and it'd be nice for as many people to be on the least worst thing possible. So, <laughs> yeah. Of course, they could all run a secure operating system for free if they preferred. But well, you know, there we go. Uh, anyway, talk, talking about things that you can change because it is possible for the consumer to change the uh, you know the activities of people providing particular services. It's my most tenuous link ever about Glastonbury this year. Well, it's a fairly tenuous story. Um, so on Change.org, somebody has set up a petition um, to cancel Kanye West's headline appearance. So it was announced last week that Kanye West was going to be headline slot at the Glastonbury Festival of Contemporary Arts and Music, um, or whatever it's called. And some people were not chuffed with that. I think that a lot of target audience of the festival, the traditional target audience, were perhaps not so impressed by um, by this. But there's been some really questionable headline slots for years, hasn't there? Well, Yes, that's 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 what I thought. I, first of all, I should say that I've never been to Glastonbury and have no real um, no real intention to ever go either. I, I think mainly because of the fact that it's, I'm you know I like going to small festivals which are really niche and really focused on particular things. And the idea of being like you know stood in a field and having to choose between the five things I want to go see all happening at the same time that you know I don't like that kind of I'd happen to walk for half an hour between two of them across yeah. many fields. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's that. I just get stressed by that. I'd end up with some sort of, you know, kind of military planning kind of calendar to have me maneuver between place to place and run from one. You know, I mean, that's. And I, I just know that's what would happen because I'd want to see, you know, I mean, like loads of stuff. Sort of stuff. And to be honest, I much prefer music in pubs. You know, when you're sat like in a pub and you can speak to the musicians afterwards and you can, you know, just enjoy it like that. That's that's my kind of thing. I understand where I am. That's my kind of thing. Well, anyway, so, yeah, I'm saying I I wouldn't have gone anyway, and therefore I really don't have an opinion. But I thought it was funny that a lot of people getting really upset about it. It's one yeah. person booked to one stage. There's five other stages at the same time. <laughs> and I don't think they corral everybody into that one stage, do they? They're like, you know, that's not how it works. I know, I think that there's probably a lot of stuff going on, as you say, simultaneously and across. And I don't know, I think, yeah, I don't know much about Kanye West, but I think that he's a culturally significant artist. He's sold a hell of a lot of records. So, yeah. you know. There we go. There we go. That, that, is, that is our insight on that matter. Thanks so for adding nice. that as news, Scott. That's, that's <laughs> there we go. There we go. All right, let's. Uh, we're bouncing on. It's going to be a short one this week, which suits us all, and due to our mis misorganizational issues at times. Uh, should we? Should we look at our plunder quickly? And then, well, yes. we don't need to do it quickly per se, but into the plunder we go. Plunder. So the first item of plunder is something that I've had in my bookmarks um, for a long time, and when I was looking through to see what you know, looking at my older bookmarks in particular on the browser, um, found this 120 years project, which. Yeah, lists electronic music significant things, so technologies and peoples, all the way back 
to, well, yeah, 120 years ago, give or take. <laughs> yeah. That was probably not a very good description, was it? No, so what, what, what it's uh, a gentleman called Simon is the curator of this, curator of this project, and essentially what he's doing is uh, picking highlights of every, the key thing he perceives of every year for 120 years and giving a little bit of information and description about them. So there's obscure instruments, there's arrival of bits of technology, there's conceptual ideas, and it's a really nice way of kind of getting an understanding as to how, you know, how things have developed and moved along. It's very well presented. It was really cool. We were hopeful, to, well, we're making arrangements to meet him, uh, to have him on the show for an interview, and I'm sure he'll tell us more about it, but I think it's really, really important. I was just yesterday in a class, uh, we were discussing composing interactive music by Todd Winkler, um, mm -hmm. the, the book that might be familiar to some of our, I know it's probably familiar to yourself, Sam, some of our listeners might be f familiar to it as well. And um, it had this, there's a great quote that we were discussing inside it, and we were we were talking about what it meant, and there were lots of different opinions as to what it meant. But then, when you realise that the book was written in the ninety, you know, in the nineties, and the book's all about the use of MIDI in Macs, and there's no MSP whatsoever, you realise that quote's not about the use of audio, not about audio processing. It's about MIDI-based processing, yeah. and it's about having that context. If you don't have the, you know. So, so this is a really cool reference, being able to go to something like this and say, this is the year I'm working with, what's the situation now? And it can be nice to do that, just read backwards from now to that year, and that will strip away the things that shouldn't aren't relevant yet, if that makes sense. So I think it's a cool way of understanding history a little bit more. There you go. There, is, there are actually some kind of question, almost pre-electric things in here. The very first entry, the pre-1800, um, in 1748, there's... Um, there's what may or may not have been the first electronic instrument. Um, I'll, I'll leave, maybe people can go find that, but there's different descriptions of it, how it uses electromagnets to vibrate strings and stuff like this. Mm -hmm. but one of the possible descriptions is that the whole thing was actually a joke and that if you tried to use it, you got an electric shock. Um, <laughs> which I think, you know, yeah, as far as electronic music goes, the fact that it can all be traced back to maybe people taking a piss is um, kind of, <laughs> it's kind of good. <laughs> Fair enough, fair enough. So, Sorry, I didn't really think that link through. I don't know why I brought it up. That's all right. <laughs> Talking about uh, using electronic instruments in a fairly novelty-like way, um, CDM reported on a car stereo made out of a 303 and a 606. And the thing I love about this is when you see the pit, when you see the, the video, it really is a 303 and a 606 balanced on the dashboard of a car. That That's like, that's what the item is. I, I thought that was just like... It's amazing as a thing to do. So there you go. I thought it was pretty cool, though. You know, it's like it's a nice idea. Yeah. A, so there's a little fun video there, which will help you, which which could, which could be cool to check out as well. Now, Sam, this was uh, one that you uh, you put into our plunder here, which is uh, the Sennheiser YouTube Urbanite playlist, which is all about headphones and your ears, including a giant ear and a man dressed as a headphone. This is the most bizarre thing, really. Um, I, I almost regret putting it in, to be honest. It's very strange. Um, yeah, what to say, Sennheiser? They're actually about a year old, these things, I think. Um, yeah, Adam said, Adam's, Adam's description of it was really good. I'm looking in my email now to find it. Um, so well, 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 Adam, well, Sam looks first thing here. The, these are a set of uh, YouTube's YouTube videos which are offering advice about how to 
how to look after your ears and how to care for your ears and your headphones and how not to damage your ears with your headphones. Yes, yes. maybe. Maybe. Um, maybe. In, in my defense, I, I came across this as a link to a single one of these videos that I watched, which was talking about the um, strength and, and flexibility of of the headphones and talking about, they, they kind of like, it was tenuously talking about the hardly kind of physical design of the headphones that you might buy and kind of personifying it by a man dressed as a headphone. But yeah. Then and then I, I put the entire playlist in. Well, I, did, I posted the link as we should his uh, to the entire playlist without actually watching them all and having watched them all I agree with Adam's statement that um, he's not sure if they're absurdly brilliant or massively creepy probably a bit of both nice yeah. awesome stuff and then finally as a great way to waste a significant portion of whatever lunch break or evening you decide you're enjoying this show in uh, warning this is a massive time waste coming up there is an HTML5 drum machine um, and it is awesome I, I killed about 45 minutes this weekend, just just playing tracks, just just making beats, just for fun. It's really cool. Um, it it's actually built within the browser, so it's HTML5 using the the real time web technology stuff, well, real time web audio technology stuff inside there, and is a 606909 inspired HTML5 drum machine. So it's cool. Have you had a play of it, Sam? Um, I've had three plays of it. The first time it didn't work. The oh. second time. It didn't work for that because that was because it was on an iPad. I let, let it off, and then the third time it did work. So I haven't had a lot of time playing with it, but it does work. I most enjoy the fact that in true um, rebirth style, when you select a different kind of drum kit for a different set of sounds, it changes the colours of the skin as well. It's great. There you go. Very cool. Which that's that's the only observation I was able to make on the iPad because the HDMI audio not available in that browser. Well, that yeah. was on Chrome on the. Yeah. But it seems to work in Firefox on the Mac now. So, cool. yes. awesome I like stuff. HTML five audio stuff. It's cool. Well, that's it. We've made it to the end of this week's show. Awesome stuff. All the show notes that Sam and I have been working off the whole way through are available online at the audiopodcast.co.uk/slash/show/slash/146. So you can uh, find the show notes and all the links and everything we've been talking about are all available there. You can, uh, you can subscribe to the audio podcast on YouTube, Gpodder, Stitcher, and also available on iTunes as well, and in various other places as well. There we go. So that's cool. Go find us there as well. That's awesome stuff. Cool. Anything else, Sam, or do you think we're... Oh, how do they contact us, Sam, if they want to send us... Yeah, they, can, they can send us emails, show at theaudiopodcast.co.uk, um, on Twitter at theaudiopodcast, and we're on Google Plus and Facebook as well. Great. There we go. Well, that's it. That was the Audio Podcast Show 146. I believe we're back next week, and we are anticipating the return of Adam Yanch as well. Woohoo! Cool, Leo. Perhaps. See you then. All right, then. Goodbye. Bye.